Welcome back to the ball, episode number 23. It's a great number. It's a great number. That reminds me of something. That reminds you of something? Bring something to mind. What are you thinking? I'm thinking of the uh, greatest player in the NBA. Michael Jordan? Ah, uh, I was thinking of LeBron. I was thinking of LeBron. <laughs> okay, let's jump into the Champions League. So, Porto versus Chelsea. Uh, 1-0 today. I think today was in Stamford Bridge or today when I think it was away. So, 1-0, Chelsea advanced, and they booked their ticket. Jorginho was the highest-rated player in the game, but, of course, Pulisic won the man of the match, and he was fouled 12 times, which I think was a record. He was getting abused out there. Yeah, he's uh, he's definitely going to have a nice, nice, long ice bath soon. And that works out to a foul every seven and a half minutes. Can you imagine that? He's spending almost more time on the turf. <laughs> For sure. And how about that goal? 90th minute, they pulled one back with overhead kick. Yeah, yeah the game was already out of reach for Porto at that point, but you know they, they, they're leaving the Champions League on a high note with that goal. That was fantastic. So I took some time and I thought, all right, out of all the players in this game, how did they perform? And I did a little top three who was the highest uh, rank, who are the highest ranked players? Number one, we've got Jorginho in the middle there pulling the strings for Chelsea. And then the two second highest that were off Porto players. You've got Bemba back there, 7.4. He was a center back. And we've got Manafa, the right back. So sounds like they played well, but just not well enough, right? Individual performance from them. So. Yeah, they. they created too much of a gap in the first leg to really come back and you know so there was there were some standout Chelsea performances that uh allowed them to bring it home now the game that I personally did watch uh I could not turn away PSG Bayern got any quick reviews on that Bayern it was a hell of a match it was open play you know there was only one goal in the day but it was free-flowing exciting I, I enjoyed every second so Neymar man of the match and he was all over the place. He, no matter the situation, it's so impressive how he just sits there and like he's the only one there. He knows he can get out of it, and he's never under pressure. It seems like. Yeah, he's getting uh, shots on target. He had a couple off the post this game. He was creating chances, and he just, he, like you said, he looked comfortable. And Chupa Moteng, by the way, what a name! What a name! <laughs> it's like the Chupacabra. Yeah. So Chupa Moteng. <laughs> He used to be a PSG player, and now he comes back to the Parc de Princess, and what does he do? He scores against his former team, and he did celebrate, which was, you know, sometimes that's looked down upon, but it's Champions League, and he scored. Yeah, he's excited. He's excited. We'll give him a pass this time. You know, we'll give him a pass here at the ball. And there's also a brief stint at PSG. I don't think he really uh, left his loyalty there. Yeah, true. He did <laughs> spend a lot of time on the bench, so... <laughs> He's probably was definitely celebrating for good reason now. Uh, the 40th minute was when he put that in, and that really turned the game around. I mean, it was already a great game before then. You've got Mbappe and his incredible speed. There was a point where he was at the half, and he got caught off sides. Right? He's at the halfway line. He's right, right, right over it. And the commentator goes, he was in. And he's saying that this guy is only at the halfway point. And he just knows he's just burning anybody mm -hmm. back there, right? And who were the top three ranked players in this? 
we've got Sane, number one. 8.1, he was all over that side. And Hernandez. Sliding into center back. Yeah, look at that. And then Neymar, 7.6. But Neymar, Neymar was the man of the match for the UEFA Champions League uh, scoring. Now, tomorrow we've got City versus Dortmund. Picks. I, you know, City's got the lead going into this leg. I think they're going to control it again. They just have the class in the midfield, and they, you know, they're better organized. It's. I really don't see Dortmund making a dent into that. I'm going. I'm going with City as well. And we've got Liverpool Madrid. I think Liverpool's going to fight. They're going to fight. I think they're going to fight. But they are down two goals to a class squad. Um, I think they're going to need to apply more pressure than they did in the previous match, try to disrupt Cruz's flow, which is much easier said than done. Um, that said, I, I still have belief. We'll, we'll, see, we'll see what it's looking like at halftime. Uh, it'll be a great game, I, I think. But I'm going with Madrid. And uh, regardless who goes on, I feel like there's going to be some great games to be seen. There's only quality left, and then, you know, once they come together in the semifinals, it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting. On to the Premier League. So West Ham and Leicester, three-two. Then Gardinho once again backed in two goals, and this guy just can't stop scoring. This look just looking at the way these teams have been performing in the past, I was thinking Leicester would have this one bagged. Um, they've been getting some goals from Nacho in this game. Lingard started off the scoring at 29th minute, made it 1-0. Lingard again, 2-0, seeing his name pop up in the scoring sheet more often. And then 3-0, Bowen, 48th minute. And then Iannaccio, bagged in two, second half. But too little, too late. And three points. A massive three points too. You know, these are two top four teams in the the chase race to the Champions League, and West Ham stands strong. You think Lingard can keep up this pace that he's setting right now? He's setting quite the standard, isn't he? I I I'd, I'd love to see it. I think West Ham. It's the arguably the biggest story in the Premier League this season, um, with how successful they've been. I don't know that he can. We'll see how it comes down the stretch. That extra s spot in the Champions League that they could get and any f European spot they can get. So if they finish fifth or above, it also means they've got to pay Manchester United a little bit more money uh, for the higher finish. So that got me thinking, is it possible that Jesse Lingard might be a West Ham player next season? Well... He's still under contract next season, so he's still due his $3.9 million, which is, I mean, in this day and age... It's a modest fee. Yeah, it's, it's pretty modest, right? <laughs> so, right now, his current value is $16 million, right? At, his, at its peak, his if this was a Jesse Lingard stock, he peaked at $44 million back in July 2018, and... Brian, do you think it's because he was just coming onto the scene, a young English player? Yeah, he was a fresh face out there on a giant club, getting some time. But uh, that allure really quickly faded as he couldn't put the results in. But now he's, we're seeing this resurgence from him. 
Yeah, it's very possible they just might buy out that 4.6 million left on his United contract and start negotiating a fee. Um, if they do get that extra money from European uh, finish with the table, then they got extra money from that, more broadcasting. And then also they let go of 152 million worth in departures just over this last transfer window. So they're just sitting on this uh, money that I feel like they might just splash a little bit over towards uh, Jay Ling's over there. Maybe they've got their second uh, coming of Ronaldo. Hey, hey, he's earned it. He's earned it. I think he. I think he's earned it for sure. He's earned it for sure. I don't know if I want to let you slip with that Ronaldo comment. <laughs> but <laughs> all right, all right, maybe not Ronaldo. <laughs> Ronaldinho. This is, sure. This is Lingo. Now, Tottenham, Manchester United. Talk to me. What what happened here? There's controversy, that's for certain. Um, we had the Manchester United struck with an opening goal, um, but it was ultimately brought back off to a really soft foul after Son rolled around on the floor a little bit. Um, which big, big controversy about who's feeding their kids. Yeah, yeah there, there was some... Uh, <laughs> Some discussion from the managers following uh, some parenting techniques. Yep, yep. Um, yeah, it was interesting. Um, you know, Son quickly recovered and scored a goal right after he uh, apparently got whacked in the face. Um, quick recovery. Very quick recovery. But then after that, Man United had all the motivation they needed. It started to dominate the game. Cavani, I think, finally made the impact that they've been waiting for. Um, with some dynamic runs, got a diving header goal. Um, and Pogba, man of the match. It's great to see. Great to see. He's one of those players when you feel like he's in form, everybody enjoys just because of the things that he can do. You know, and it's great to see him at least coming back. Uh, hopefully he keeps on this one. I think a cool scene at the end too was Luke Shaw celebrating with Ole Gunnar Solikson oh, yeah. uh, right in front of Jose Mourinho who had um, pretty publicly said that Luke Shaw does not have a football brain. Oh yeah, no, there's there's beef there. Don't, mm-hmm. you know, there's, there's definitely beef there. Let's hop into the writer's corner. Now, Brian, what do you have for us in the writer's corner today? Yeah, we had a, a request from one of our listeners, okay. um, one of our most loyal listeners, Lars. Okay, shout out um, to Lars. Shout out to Lars. He wanted us to go in depth a little bit here and talk about uh, Leicester City and, you know, from going to relative nobodies to being a mainstay in the Premier League and always contending for uh, European play at the end of the year. He wanted us just to talk about, you know, the story that came to them and to where the point where they are now. Um, and in doing some research, doing some due diligence here at the ball, we came across this fantastic article in the New York Times back in 2016, written by Sam Borden, just talking about the remarkable rise of Leicester City. Okay. Um, I think the big thing to talk about is how dramatically they improved um, in a short span. In 08, 09, they were playing in the third division in English football. And then just seven years' time, they were the champions of that same country. Wow. Which is incredible. I think, you know, being the ball and being as numbers heavy as we are, I think the betting odds going into that season were almost even more remarkable. Uh-oh. You think this is a... I feel like back then, if the ball was going on, this would have been 
one of the boss picks. Oh yeah, we would have been all over that. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but going into that season where they won the championship, they were 5,000 to one odds. That's people were saying they had a 0.02% chance of winning yeah. the Premier League. 0.02. 0.02. Now wow. we could put that into context for you a little bit. When Holyfield knocked out Mike Tyson, he has 42 to one odds, and they shocked the world. When we, uh, and I think what's even more remarkable about this is this was a test of endurance winning the Premier League. This wasn't some fluke like March Madness where you could get hot for a short spurt or just win one game. Well, yeah, no, this is a high level. They had to play the entire season. <laughs> just to, again, show how insane it was. There was a, a bet going on at that time that Simon Cowell of American Idol was to be the next English Prime Minister, and that was set at 500 to 1 odds. Can you imagine that? I, I can't. <laughs> I'll take it a step further. There was also a bet going on that Hugh Hefner was a virgin, and that was only 1,000 to 1 odds. <laughs> Uh-oh. Which is insane. In Fulham... They definitely lost that. That one didn't definitely Oh, yeah, no, he's getting laid. Okay. For sure. <laughs> oh, yeah. West Ham, Fulham, and I believe Burnley all had better odds to win the Premier League this season than Leicester did ahead of their huge victory. Man. And Fulham is so bad. <laughs> they're they're atrocious. Wow. They're atrocious. Uh, but I, I think it's just really incredible to see some of the stars that emerged from that squad that nobody knew about. You know, you talk about Jamie Vardy, who had played in the fifth uh, division of English football just back in 2012 to becoming the league's leading scorer. You have the likes of Riyad Mahrez, who joined Leicester when they were still in the second division and now is one of the best wingers in the Premier League, playing with league leader City. And then you also got N'Golo Conte, who does not look like a force in there, but he became the rock of that midfield. He's won the Premier League twice, and he's won a World Cup. It's really incredible. And all those players still playing at a high level and in the top teams, and they've sustained that. And Vardy has 12 goals, 7 assists just this season. Yeah, and, you know, Leicester hasn't had the best form these past few weeks, but we, we always talk about how consistent they've been. And they've, they've really become a mainstay, um, you know, and that's due to largely that coaching change that really changed the dynamic of the team. But it's also just the talent that they've been able to develop. And they're third right now. They're third. They're right in the thick of it. Wow. Incredible. Yeah. So we just want to touch on that, give a little perspective, and... Uh, yeah, shout out Lars for giving us the idea. Thank you, Lars. And if anyone else has any requests for the Writer's Corner or any topics, please let us know. Yeah, you know how to reach us on Instagram, through the DMs. Or if you, you, know, if you see us around town, you never know. Just let us know. Thanks for tuning in to The Ball, airing every Wednesday on Apple iTunes and Spotify. Let's get the ball rolling. See you next week.